meet Holly. She's 39 and has been experiencing some very strange symptoms no one seems to have an answer to. Over the past 10 years, Holly has felt a lot of interesting sensation in her body. Weird twinges and buzzing in her hands and feet that tend to travel around, and lightning bolt type sensations that would go up and down her arms and legs. She also often feels uncomfortable sensations in her belly and chest area that feel like something is moving inside. And she's had periods where these sensations were less prominent, but recently, over the past year, they've been much more noticeable and much more uncomfortable. Holly has seen several neurologists, had MRIs, nerve tests, and even a brain scan, but everything came completely normal. These sensations are very unnerving and scary for her, and while she was happy that the test didn't reveal anything dangerous, it still creates a lot of anxiety because the sensations are now fairly constant, and she doesn't know what they mean, where they come from, or what she could do about them. All of her doctors have basically dismissed her and offered anti-anxiety medications. Now, when I met Holly, I noticed that she was highly sensitive. But that's not something that has to be a negative thing. I absolutely believed that what she was feeling was real and that it was not just in her head. So I knew we had to dig a bit deeper to find the missing piece to solve this health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated undermined and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Holly. She explored so many different options with so many different doctors but still had no results. My sense was that she was only looking at her physical body and it seemed like structurally everything was absolutely okay, but what she was feeling could be related to the energetics of the body. Joining me on the show today to talk about Holly's case is Stephanie Roman. Stephanie is the best-selling author of Wild and Wise Women Around the World and a TEDx motivational speaker. She's also an energy healer and self-love psychic who helps people remember who they really are and what their mission is. Stephanie, I'm so excited to have you on your show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Stephanie, aside from our physical body, which of course we're all very familiar with, what are some other types of bodies that we all have? We have different energy bodies. So each one of our, if you break it down into the molecular form, we're made of, of course, we all know of single atoms. So we have different bodies that we call spiritual or energy bodies. Now, some people say that the spiritual body is the soul. But what I believe to be true is that the soul itself is actually an energy body. So we have these energy bodies that make us up that actually dictate a lot more than we than we think because we can't see them on a physical level yet they still play a big part in um, having emotion that we have emotions because of them or we have certain thoughts because they trigger certain parts of our brain in a way that something would if it was physical as well so energy body is bodies are usually what I say is like the spiritual body as well as the physical atom body that we cannot see. Why do you think that some people feel energy more than others? Does it have to do with these other energetic bodies? 
That's a great question. So I believe from my experience, what I've seen and what I've been told that every single person is psychic that comes that, that's ever born. Now we're all psychic in different ways. And a lot of times the way that we receive messages looks nothing like it does on the horror movies. That's our go-to, but it's usually very subtle. Some people are more open than others. Usually we start kind of closing down to our surroundings as far as like spiritual or energy bodies or or messages that we get around the time that we start kindergarten or first grade because we're being socialized with a culture that tells us that's not existent. However, some people are so open with their abilities that even when they they shut down a little bit because of those society norms, they still are very, very open. And these are the people that almost it's like collecting energy from every single thing that has an atom and storing it in in your body without really even noticing that you're doing it. And that is when eventually I use the analogy of uh, of shaking up a soda. You can only shake it for so long or store those energy bodies for so long before the top pops off. And when you start feeling physical sensations that are related to energy or energy bodies, that's the point when the top is breaking, bursting off. When you your body can no longer regulate the amount of energy that you've been taking on and it begins to show symptoms, physical symptoms. Yeah. And that was really my sense about what may have been happening with Holly, because these sensations are things that she has been experiencing over the last 10 years, but she hasn't experienced them her whole life, at least not that she was aware of. And as we talked about in the intro, she's looked at so many different avenues and structurally everything checked out every time, but she had a lot of these interesting like twinges and buzzing and just like lightning bolt types of things that would go down her hands, um, her arms and her legs. And so do you think that it is possible that it was that energy kind of building up and it's sort of like the the soda shaking and the, the top popping off like you're saying? Absolutely. And another key component here is the the sensations that she is feeling, the buzzing, the shocking, almost kind of feeling like going up the arms. Um, if you think about tapping into a large amount of energy that you are uh, suddenly manipulating, it's basically like sting, sticking your finger in a light socket. I mean, it's the same kind of maybe not that drastic, but it's the same kind of feeling of shooting um, energetic sensations or buzzing is another one that is very common um, when you're tapping into frequencies all around you. And I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking in this instance about tapping into ghosts. I'm just saying like tapping into, again, the molecular structure of everyday things that could definitely, the, the symptoms sound a hundred percent in alignment with picking up more energy than your body can handle at that moment. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that she's more energy sensitive or is there something else maybe that could be contributing to that? Well, it could be both. I mean, it depends on the person. Every person is different and every sensation, even though people have had similar experiences with having symptoms that cannot be explained by the physical, but do seem to be related to this feeling of energy around them. Everybody is different. So 
I would have to actually talk to the person and read their energy to tell which one it is, but it's very likely that it could be either or, or maybe even both those options. Now, when we feel our own energy, or perhaps maybe we're even picking up on other energy, like you said, our surroundings or other people, why does it wax and wane? Um, Like in Holly's case, for example, she would have a few days where the symptoms would be much more pronounced than in other days, she wouldn't feel them as much. Right. Well, that again has a lot to do with different factors. Uh, number one, I would say I'm not super woo woo or like out there <laughs> when it, I'm more of a quantum physics type of, of psychic than I am um, just not based in science. However, I will say that a lot of the planetary occurrences that have been happening, especially the last, well, since the beginning of 2018, has amped up energy a lot when it becomes close to the full moon. And you can talk to doctors, nurses, um, everyone that works in an emergency room kind of situation, and they will tell you that on a full moon, for whatever reason, there is way, it's way more high volume than any other time. And it's because we are regulated by, by you know, the moon is regulated the tide and it's a magnetism kind of feeling. Um, that could be a reason why she feels it more days than other, like leading up to the full moon. And then there's a a lot of energy release during a full moon, regardless of whether you know you're doing it or not. It's almost like the analogy that just came to my head, even though I don't drink coffee is, um, it's almost like when you have a pot full of coffee and that would be her energy levels of, of everything around her and herself. And when you get to that level where it's full, you have to actually pour some of the coffee out if you want to make room for the new coffee. So in this case, the energy building and building so that she has those symptoms a couple of days in a row is her sign that, you know, she's the, the, the pot in this, that her pot is full and somehow, whether she's knowing it or not, she's learning how to pour out a little bit, which is why her symptoms decrease. However, the buildup happens again. So it's something that you have to actually be, it's not something you can cross off your to-do list. Unfortunately, it's something that you have to be aware of so that you can continuously um, renew yourself so that you don't get to that place of feeling the symptoms. Yeah. And I really like your pot analogy. I often use the analogy with my clients of the overflowing bucket. And we say that when someone has certain health issues, oftentimes what made you feel bad may not be the thing that was the actual trigger. It was sort of what the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, and people may have toxicity and food sensitivities and nutrient deficiencies and, you know, maybe other infections, but it could be a glass of wine that they had that made them feel bad the next day. And it wasn't the wine. It was just that their bucket was very full. So yeah, it's really good that you're explaining that. I'm wondering also in her case, maybe it's also possible that it's the energetics and potentially on a day she feels it more, her bucket could also be more full with other things like toxins or certain food she's eating. Right. And it also has an emotional component to it that I know um, I, so I suffered from, from this. I still, I mean, I still occasionally will get to the point where I forget to, you know, dump the pot, as you say, (laughs) but um, I, it's less and less, but uh, 
nonetheless, it can be an emotional thing where if you're in a place where you have a lot on your plate, especially stress, we all know stress causes such um, stress <laughs> to our bodies <laughs> that it, it could be something like that too, where she's emotionally in a place where she's handling a lot or under a lot of pressure or stress. And then these symptoms are coming up. And what happens when the symptoms come up is, like you said, you know, your initial response is to go to every single doctor you can think of to try to figure out what what it is. And for myself, just speaking from my personal experience, but also um, some of my clients too, when you get to that place of of going to all these doctors and hearing over and over and over again that they can't find anything wrong with you, it becomes a very a hopeless kind of helpless situation that you feel like you're in. And in that case, when you're stressed out about wondering like what it is or will it ever go away, um, even how could you live like that when it's you know when it gets really bad, it also can put more emotional stress to create kind of like this vicious cycle so that you see the symptoms more because you're stressing out about the symptoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also the fear of just wondering, is there something really wrong with me? I know that's something mm -hmm. that Holly talked about. She was happy to know that her scans and MRIs were okay, but there's still that fear of the unknown that sure. something is still going on with me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So once people know that it's not structural, and there is this energetic component, which I think should hopefully give people a little bit of relief, just knowing that it's not physical. But once they know that it is likely energetic, what are the things that they can do to help to support that? So the first thing is that I would say is reach out and find a community. Um, I went through this by myself. I did not tell anyone I was psychic for 33 years and I'm 35 now. Well, 32 years. So um, I had no community and I didn't feel like I felt very alone and that I was the only one. The best thing you can do is we have so many great tools now, like even I'm sure you could search Facebook or search any type of, um, you know, maybe a meetup. I don't know. Any place where you could find a community of people that this is happening to. And that's going to help you feel more supported. Now, the next thing I would say it's, well, I would, I'm not going to rank them, but I would say close, closely next, if not the first thing is to find a good grounding meditation on, I use a 10 minute one on YouTube, um, to really grounding meditations, they're, they're walked through. So it's not like you have, they're guided They're A lot of them are, it's not like you have to, um, be a savant at meditating, but you, it regulates your energy so that again, it's a controlled pouring out of the bucket or the pot. So it's, you are in control and willingly and consciously pouring out built up energy so that you never get to the place. Well, you usually don't get to the place right away again, where you have that overflow, where you start feeling this, the sensations you're tending to it so that it dumps out little by little. And that can really help stabilize not having the symptoms at all. Hmm, that's great. Do you have any favorite grounding meditations that you would recommend? Yes. If you go to YouTube and you just put in grounding meditation and it's Deborah Mangeli, it's the third option that comes up is my favorite. And I use it all the time and I actually give it to my clients to use as well. That's great. So finding a community and looking at grounding meditation, are there any other techniques that you would recommend to help people balance out their energy and sort of dump that pot, as you mentioned? 
Sure. The next thing I would say is to do some visualizations of you being very grounded and sturdy, almost like a tree. So if in visualizations, basically just a fancy way of saying like, just imagine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you just imagine that you are a tree and get into nature is something else that I tell uh, my clients to do because when we're around all of our appliances, even when our devices are off, um, we're around all of our appliances that are in our house. And then if you live in a condo, all of those appliances and everyone else's, it's, we pick up all that energy. So you're picking up all the electric components around you as well. So if you go into nature, uh, the, the, thing that I do after my readings, if I have several readings in a row, I take off my shoes and I stick my feet in grass. It's the best instant grounding method out there just to connect, actually connect, not shoes, but like feet to ground. And then again, like I said, you can plant yourself anywhere that you are. It works better if you're in the grass, but if not, that's fine. And you'll just close your eyes, do some deep breathing from your diaphragm, um, from your lower belly, and imagine yourself being rooted into the earth like a tree. It sounds a little silly, but it's a great way to pull that energy out of your body without having to even take time to meditate. Mm, That's so good to know. And there are other things like grounding mats and grounding sheets and Mm -hmm. pillowcases and all that. So there's obviously research on this, um, that, you know, grounding is very, very helpful. But yes, a much less expensive way is just get your feet in the grass, in the ground or in the sand. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, you also mentioned that people that feel energy can also be psychic. Is that always the case where one goes with the other or not necessarily? Well, like I said, I believe everyone's psychic. So I I believe that if you're at the point when you're feeling physical things caused by something that is not in this physical world, that you definitely are having abilities that are opening up. A lot of us for a long time of our lives (laughs) um, numbed ourselves with different agents or, you know, just uh, even just telling yourself like, oh, you've got a vivid imagination or that's not real or whatever. But there comes a certain point in time when, again, like your bucket's too full and you're going to have more abilities come out. And a lot of times they're not as drastic as feeling things in in your physical body. So if you're feeling things in your physical body, I can almost guarantee that you're opening in some way that you have not maybe in the past, if you haven't felt these feelings to a psychic ability. Mm, That's so interesting. Now, what would you say to someone that may tell you, you know what, Stephanie, I don't know if I want these feelings. I don't (laughs) want to be psychic. I don't Mm -hmm. want to go there. How would you address that? Oh, I would say, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say, I refuse to say the P word psychic for Uh, pretty much all of my life until my life coach outed me. I used to say intuitive or, you know, the, the safe, the safer words to me than psychic. I totally understand the concept of not, not wanting to be, um, dealt kind of the cards you were, you were dealt as far as being open or not. But that is just kind of the cards were dealt and it actually is a gift. It's just 
scary or it can be scary in the beginning because we, again, we have a lot of negative connotations to what psychic means or what that's going to look like in our life. And a lot of those are just based on horror movies. And that's not at all. Mm-hmm. The the reality of being psychic is absolutely not at all like that. It's not like you're going to wander around in a turban with a crystal ball unless you want to. So <laughs> but that's the thing. I think so many people do think that, that you're going to sit there wearing all black with a crystal ball and like weird candles and, and yeah, all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what the modern psychic, one of the reasons I do what I do is to show people, I say I'm the modern day Miss Cleo because I'm not I don't look like a total crazy, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with like, if you want to, if you want to sit in black and all of that, that's cool. That's your jam. But uh, the basically, if you, if you hear people say like, I'm every mother is psychic, I guarantee there's no way you can have maternal instinct without being psychic. Every good businessman or woman is psychic. Like, cause you're getting intuitive hits on how to move, when to move, what to risk. Uh, Entrepreneurs, all pretty much psychic. So there's a lot of us just use these baby words to say intuitive because of course, yeah, or just we're lucky. We just get lucky a lot. And it's like, no, you're psychic. You just just don't want to step into that power of that word. When you really start to step into the power of that word and what it means and like your personal power, instead of letting someone else's definition of what psychic really means affect you, that's where all the magic happens in the most beautiful way. Yeah. And people often talk about feeling, you know, something in their gut or, you know, that gut feeling Mm -hmm. or that intuition. Yeah, And I guess from what you're saying, that really is just being psychic and there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a really good thing. And I can see how you, what you mean about that really being a gift. I think it's just a matter of knowing and being able to work with it. And that's where community is going to be wonderful too, because it's going to give you this view of what uh, that might look like or what energy worker might look like or uh, that you might not have thought of before. So again, that's why community is super important. Mm-hmm. Could we talk a little bit about ways to protect ourselves if we are sensitive from other people's energy? Because you were talking earlier about that energy is all around us. And of course, we have energy from a lot of like the electronics. And, you know, I think the other big thing is all of the EMFs, which we're exposed to so much more now than even 10 or 15 years ago. But then we also have the energy of everyone else, you know, our family, our friends, and just people, you know, if someone lives in a big city. And for people that are sensitive, I understand that they can be more affected by all of this energy than others. Are there any shielding techniques or any other techniques that you would recommend? Okay, well, one is um, you can do a protection type of, again, visualization, which is super, super helpful, especially when you're going into any type of environment that is um, more charged, I guess, than other environments. So what you do is you visualize and you can do this as many times a day as you need. Um, but what the what the image I'm getting right now to say in this in this recording to the people listening to this podcast is different from what I've 
gotten for different people in the past for their protection. So if this doesn't work for you, then you go ahead and you can use something else similar. But what I keep getting is this egg and you can almost envision this type of like white light that's making up this oval type of egg that is surrounding you almost like a cocoon, but it's hard on the outside. And you can imagine that light all around you, maybe just hold that for a good that vision or that image for a good like 15 seconds and it will shield you from a lot of the external environmental stimuli. The other thing too, I was going to say is when you walk in somewhere and you have an instant feeling of uncomfortable, even if it's not, you're not feeling physical sensations necessarily. It's just, we've all kind of walked in somewhere and been like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel as comfortable as other places, I would say pay attention to those subtle feelings because it's the subtle feelings that really are there for a reason. Our body knows like what, you know, we're very, we're very aware whether we are or not, our body is of what environments feel right to us and what environments do not feel as good. When you can figure out those and listen to your internal guide saying like maybe this let's say if you're looking for a new home or um, maybe a new office space or something like that, and you go into a place and it seems like it knocks off all the boxes on your list, but you still don't feel comfortable there, don't discount that not feeling comfortable. That should be the number one thing that you look at because it's when you stay in these environments sometimes that are uncomfortable feeling just a little bit, they don't have to be even heavy, uncomfortable, that you will start to pick up more energy than other places. And of course, the more energy you pick up, then it has a chance of you feeling it physically in your body. Mm, That's such a good point. How would someone discern the difference between this sort of discomfort in a place versus having fear? And what I mean by that is, you know, you walk into a room, right? And you might have to give a speech and you're like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable. But is that the energy or is that just your fear? Right. Well, I mean, I guess it could be both. But the way that uh, the way that's the best, that's a great question. The way that's the best uh, way to decipher the two is one, let's take the example of giving a speech and then you feel uncomfortable. There's actually a reason behind why you feel uncomfortable in that situation or why you would feel uncomfortable. Whereas I'm talking more about like that, like you said earlier, the gut feelings, like when you have a gut feeling about something, um, this is kind of one of those gut feelings where it's unrelated to anything you can see and yet it still is there. So that's, that's, the way I would decipher the difference between just your intuition versus something that's a fear limitation. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Now, Stephanie, I'm curious, how did you get into this work? Because I know that, you know, you mentioned yourself that you weren't always doing this. How did it all come about for you? Well, I have an amazing life coach who I just plug every, every which way I can. Em- Emily Rose. She's amazing. Um, she, I had been working with her for about a year and I was really trying to figure out my mission. I quit my date, my corporate job and was basically free flying by the seat of my pants. I had no idea what I was going to do Was a virtual assistant for a while. And then she just from talking to me and we became friends. So just from talking to me as a coach and then as a friend, she finally said one day, cause I would say, Oh, I have like this intuitive hit that, And I would tell her something. And finally, she just told me, she's like, Stephanie, I want you to sit down. 
And I was like, okay, this isn't good. And she said, you're psychic. You're not intuitive because the hits that you've been giving me have been the most clear that I've ever gotten from anyone and very accurate. And I immediately had, again, I was like, no, 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 that's not me. That's not, I'm not, I don't want to tell people that. Um, By the next coaching session though, she had me look into different people that were psychic. And of course there are the flamboyant ones, which are fine that we know because they are flamboyant. And then there's ones that are, that are more quiet about their work, but they're very well known and very well backed by what they do. So looking into that and seeing that there were people that were quote unquote normal people (laughs) versus like outlandish really helped me. And by the next week in the coaching, uh, in my coaching call the next week, I said, I decided to go live on Facebook and out myself as a psychic to everyone all at once, including um, my family, (laughs) my friends, basically everyone by doing a reading live on Facebook. Wow. So after that, it was just, it, it became fun to me to see how accurate I was if I was accurate and how accurate I was, it was almost like up the ante. So every reading that I would have with someone, I would get more confident. And eventually it just, people started coming to me and asking me, oh, you know, will you do a reading for me? And that's where I started building my business. And then it led to, I still do readings, but I also, the majority of my clients now, I I teach them either in a group course atmosphere or one-on-ones how to use their own psychic abilities so I break down for someone what I see as being their top abilities and then I do exercises with them in meditations to work on or bring forth those abilities basically proving to yourself that you're magic when we've been told our whole life we're not Hmm. so that's the majority of my business now which I love that's great it's so nice that you are doing something that you're not only really passionate about but that your body is actually telling you that it's what it likes yes yeah and I'm sure probably some of the sensations that you were feeling when you were not in this place and you were not in a place where you were as comfortable have probably lessened right yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially with meditate. I do meditation daily and I, I do it every day. Just that stabilizing of, again, allowing myself to go inward and not focus so much on the uh, on the external for even just little parts of the day have really helped me get in touch with my body itself. And I realized that before I was meditating or doing uh, all you know, listening to what I really wanted versus what I thought the world wanted from me or what I was told to do, I um, started healing my body from alopecia universalis and a lot of other quote unquote uncurable autoimmune diseases as well, because I'm not so focused on the evidence of why I can't or what I have. And I'm more focused on doing what's right for me. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And, you know, we all hear the phrase that the body can heal itself, but I think that we often don't take it for what it really means. I think we know, yeah, yeah, the body can heal itself. Okay, but we often don't trust it. And we often don't allow our body to be in that space where it can do it because we're constantly thinking about stuff and putting in all of this things to try to control it. And then the body's not able to do it. Right. Instead of just giving it the space to to do what it does naturally. 
Well, Stephanie, this has been so helpful. Thank you so much for all of this wonderful information. I really appreciate you being here. I loved it. Anytime. As we just heard, there is more to us than our physical body. And our energetics can definitely play a role in our health and how we feel. While we are all energy, some people are more sensitive and can tap into it more, but they can therefore also be more affected by energy. I'll tell you more about what we did for Holly in just a second. But first, if you want to contact or find out more about my guest, Stephanie Roman, please visit healthmysterysolve.com and go to episode number 21. There, as always, you will see all the detailed show notes so you can reference everything we talked about and the links to all the resources Stephanie and I discussed. And for Holly, this world of energetics was very new to her. And while she didn't completely understand it, she was so happy to finally feel heard and understood. We started working on grounding techniques through guided meditation and visualizations. I also taught her how to tune into the energy of her body by focusing on different parts of the body to actually feel what is going on instead of just running away from those sensations. And it was not a surprise to see she picked up these techniques extremely quickly because they came naturally to her due to her sensitivity. And like I said in the beginning of the show, the sensitivity is not a bad thing in any way, especially once we know about it and can understand it. Holly was able to better control her body and knowing what the sensations were and that it was not something dangerous or scary eliminated a lot of her anxiety. She started to see patterns. Like for example, when she was around a lot of people, the sensations got worse. So she started doing the grounding work and breathing exercises before she knew she'd be in large groups and after she would get home and then she was completely fine the next day. She realized that she very easily picks up on other people's energies and the more she practiced being in her own body and paying attention to her sensations and feeling her body, the less other energy affected her. She was so happy that she found an answer and that she now had tools to work with this. She also started to look into using this energy and is even considering getting a Reiki certification. If Holly sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to this podcast because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. When it comes to solving your health issues, don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.